So there's a team of us now who are working around the clock to try and integrate social services, fostering and our community, getting everyone in, on one page really. Hi, my name is Dr. Savvy, digital media strategist, author, radio and TV presenter. I believe there are so many people doing amazing work, but sadly, sometimes the general media doesn't get a chance to feature and shine a light on the incredible work they're doing, either in business or for charities. I'm going to have some conversations with the most interesting people in the fields of business, charity and global innovation, many from diverse backgrounds. I believe that bringing personal motivational experiences, thought leadership and their secrets of success into the limelight will inspire you to shine by following in their footsteps. Be sure to visit me at drsavvy.com and savvyleaders.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Media Watch. I'm your host, Dr. Savvy. And every week we try and find some really great guests and this week, got a good friend of mine actually, haven't spoken to her for ages, but I know she's doing some great work, a great educator, and someone who's passionate about this particular subject that we're going to cover. She's also got a great event that's taking place as well this week, which is a special event for supporting fostering. Now her name is Sardarni Navleen Kaur. So today we're going to talk about a few things that you're doing. I'm really particularly interested in this Sahara Sisters work, but Specifically, we're going to focus on the CASA Fostering, because you are the chair of CASA Fostering. It's a fantastic initiative. So give us a little bit of what you've been doing over the last few months or so, because you've been working really hard. Yeah, so um, lockdown for me hasn't been <laughs> much of a break. It's been, uh, it's been really, really busy. We founded CASA Fostering about 18 months ago, and it started off as seed fostering. We realised that there was a huge gap in our community where children from our background and faith were going into the foster care, the care system, through social services, but often they were not being matched with a Sikh family. So Khalsa Fostering took birth only November this year in all its entirety. So in fact, this week we're going to be having our first awareness day and our launch is going to be on Guru Nanak's Gurub on the 30th of November. So there's a team of us now who are working around the clock to try and integrate social services, fostering and our community, getting everyone in, on one page, really. And more importantly, the Gurdwaras. You know, a big, big help for us is the Sangat and the Gurdwaras being in an integral position because they're the ones who will be able to help us to get more people to foster because we don't have very many carers, foster carers who are from the Sikh background at all, unfortunately. And we want to get more. So we want to help more children. I was going to say, I mean, how, do you know if it's an issue? Do you know if it's a problem? I mean, do you have data? Because it's quite difficult to get, isn't it? I mean, you know because you've dealt with cases. But how much of a you know, critical issue is it for those children, first of all, to be matched up? And what is the scale, in your view, I mean, estimation of the issue? So there definitely is an issue because fostering children going into care is on the rise. And due to COVID, there's been many other issues about people not being able to place children, people wanting to isolate, self-isolate, or not even take the risk of having other people's children in their homes. 
you know, it's, it's a rising mountain. And what we didn't seem to understand as a community that, oh, you know, we don't have a problem. Well, actually, that's not true. And I spent the first 20 years of my life in education. As a senior leader, I realized quite quickly the need. There was an urgent need, a real need to actually make things work as far as getting people on the register. There are lots of child protection issues that are inside the Sikh community. And as divorce, alcoholism, DVA with domestic violence and abuse is on the rise, children are going more and more, unfortunately, into the care system. And what happens to them when they get into the care system is they get put into an Asian, in inverted commas, family. Now, what does that mean? There's so many different types of Asians. So and they don't get a sick home because they're put with an Asian family because that's the closest match that anyone can find. It's nobody's fault. It's just that there are not enough people registered. And also the big key here is that our community doesn't know that if, for instance, a child is going into care and has to go into care for whatever reason, the parent has the right to say... I want my child to go to a Sikh home. And if they say that, the government is obliged to make sure that they find a Sikh match. But I think many of our parents don't know that, you know, they can say that. And that's an issue. Because if they don't know, then they don't say it. And then they can be put with anyone. And unfortunately, they are. Our children are getting, you know, I can't really give you enough examples of where our children are ending up you know brothers and sisters twins family of three or four children they're all being separated that's hard enough as it is going into the system and then somebody ends up with someone from different background i mean thank god there are people out there who are fostering and they're kind but there's all sorts of issues and some of the people in my team so two of the girls that are inside our team are actually have been in the care system themselves. They grew up, you know, being fostered when they were very young. They were a family of five brothers and sisters. And all of them had to be matched with different people. Luckily, the two sisters got to stay together. But for the first few years of their life, you know, they, they tell us now that, you know, I felt like having roti or I felt like eating something and I wasn't able to because the gori or the gala that was looking after them were like, well, I don't, you know, they don't really know. And they were trying, bless them, they were trying their best to try. But the other very sad thing that they shared with us was that, you know, we came from a family where we had a really strong Sikh dad. And unfortunately, when the father passed away and things took a bad turn, where they ended up, there was no Punjabi or any language or literacy in that culture that they could connect to so they lost a lot of being the ability to speak they can understand but that i thought was really sad and that kind of kindled a little you know fire in me to say actually in 2020 you know as a Sikh community thriving you know we've got everything we need we're successful are we really in a position to let our children just be abandoned in this way where if they want to find somebody to match them with a particular family that come from the Sikh background, why can't they? Well, because there's not enough of us. So this kind of, the foundation of Khalsa Fostering was that in particular. The first thing is to match children with foster parents 
find the right parents or get more Sikhs to get onto the register. And then secondly, if they're a foster family who've got a Sikh child and they don't know anything about our faith, then we want to open that, you know, provide fun days at the Gurdwara, make facilities where they could have a big brother, big sister. Someone could do voluntary service where they take them to the Gurdwara every Saturday for a couple of hours. They could learn Dilrapa or Tapla or have a Gatka lesson or just have some fun going to the Sangha doing Seva. So it could be a big brother, big sister volunteering program they can involve themselves in. And, and thirdly, just giving resources and empowerment as well to non-Sikh parents, which is a huge thing. You know, as a non-Sikh, where do you start? Where do you go to look for resources to help these children? You've got effectively a multitude of issues here. Kind of attempt to summarise. You've got an issue about the parents themselves, who sadly will have to give up their kids, not knowing that they've got the opportunity to send their kids to, uh, you know, a Sikh household. The second issue is... It's probably not enough people on the list. And you probably have done some research, to, and I know we spoke earlier, that clearly there is a gap. And the third issue, amongst the many, is around this issue around uh, educational resources. But I wanted to address another point, which was really around, obviously, if, they, if the child doesn't go into a Sikh household or they're suffering themselves as a side effect of maybe the parental relationship or something, because, you know if they're going through a divorce or there's some other issues at stake, or like you said in the example that you gave, that their, you know, their father had passed away. So sometimes they can go down the wrong path as well, can't they? And so when the child really needs that big brother, big sister guidance, even that's another list that you need to put together, that even though you won't be having a list of parents who can come in and be foster parents, it could be great to get a bunch of people like they have in the US, where they have the big brother example where somebody can take somebody under their wing show them mentoring uh, examples of this is good behavior this is bad behavior you know giving them more of a role model position and as separate educational resources that will be needed for them for those big brothers and big sisters to make sure that they're working in a consistent manner so there are a number of challenges here i mean where do you start i mean it's a big big list of things to do right Absolutely. What you say is absolutely true. There's a massive, massive issue. There's a big, big gap right now, a big gap, and we have to fill it on all sorts of levels. There are immediate emergency sort of tiers that we need to address about getting more people on the register. Then hopefully, as you say, volunteering, matching uh, families. Somebody might say, look, I can do two hours seva every, every week. I can pick up a child, take them to the Gurdwara, assist them with their learning, read them a story, even go on Zoom. I was saying, you know, tutor them in maths or whatever you're good at, English, French, whatever. But do a seva that way. And thirdly, you know, we don't actually have a respite centre in this this country. So our long-term goal and aim would be to have an emergency respite or foster home where we could just help. I mean, ideally, we want children to go into families and be loved and have a supportive environment. But the big brother, big sister thing is huge, Rudy. You're absolutely right. And we don't really have that program started yet. But hopefully through Kalsa Fostering, we can ignite that flame to absolutely build a platform of safety. Safeguarding is huge for us in security and safety where everyone will go through a rigorous DBS and a check and then they'll be matched with people that, you know, in their area. There might be a child across the road. One of my good friends, he he teaches um, Gatka 
martial arts and he was able to take a family and help them. I think that's a big thing, just being able to have that time where you can, having that time where you can give to another is really important. How that's facilitated the process, the legal process, all of that will be a wonderful opportunity for the child and also for the person who's giving up their time. Is this an intermediary home? Because I know that you mentioned the Gurdwaras are supporting you, which is a really great thing. You know, it's a wonderful thing that the Gurdwara, you know, it's great that people come to the Gurdwara, they give money to the Gurdwara. It does cost money to maintain a Gurdwara. But the fact that some of the money that comes in can be channeled into such a great initiative. So if there was a, a home that was established, would that home be a respite for carers? Or would it be something for uh, the actual children to go to as an intermediary step before they're allocated? It's related, but it has its own dimensions, doesn't it? It's a long-term plan in the future. So at the moment, we need to, as I said, you know, ignite these little flames to have a lot more strength, a lot more Sikh families fostering. And then the long-term goal is absolutely right, to have a respite centre where if somebody was... Like we had a case a couple of days ago where there was a teenager up north and he needed to be placed very, very quickly... And the children's homes didn't have space for him. So people were trying to network and find out through social services and, you know, care homes, where can we place this child? If we had our own, you know, respite, Kalsas fostering centre, then, of course, we would be able to take care of that child just to let the heat, you know, sometimes the children and, and the ideal is we, we get them back into their family home. It's not always possible and sometimes they just need a couple of weeks out of that toxic environment, things to settle down, help and support the family if need be, and then the child can go back when it's safe. But we don't have that right now, but it's going to happen. Okay. <laughs> I have a lot of faith in my group, and, it, and I believe that it's going to happen. You know, we're going to make that happen all together. The Sangat, without the Sangat, nothing's possible without the Guru. So I believe that both of those entities joining force together will give us that that space when the time's right it will happen and we're working towards that very diligently is all i can say we're spending a lot of time and as i said the gurdwaras are amazing you have i've all my life i've heard criticism you know this gurdwara that committee and i say no it's not about you have to approach things in the right manner you have to be professional you have to show your commitment and people in the Gurdwara Management Committee will support you if they know that you're on the right path and you're doing the right thing and it's a bunthic cause. They will hold your hand. And that's really good. Now let's talk about that day that you've organised because as an event, what's the objectives? Is it information? You've got uh, various people from... You've got the person from Slough, haven't you, coming. Tell us all about it. In yeah, terms so, of what your main objective is so for the day. The main objective for the... It's called the Khalsa Fostering Awareness Day. So it's allowing people from the Sikh community and other communities as well to learn about how to become a foster parent. What do you need to do? What's the rubric? What's the protocol? What are the criteria? What kind of situation children can be in and where they can come from? What kind of age group? You know, the, like, for example, you need to have a spare room. There's certain things that you have to have uh, checked. Obviously, it's, it's usually quite a lengthy process, but we've made some really good friends now in the Slough uh, Children's Service, one of the trusts there, that we've got a wonderful contact there, and she's just giving up her time, bless her, to be volunteering on our show with some social workers, with some other experts from care, 
um, who will be sharing and able to answer all the questions that anybody who really wants to engage or embark upon this journey, they can ask those questions and it will all be on Zoom and it's it's live and we'll be there facilitating it and also, you know, we'll, we'll do a little brief introduction of how we started. But this idea of just getting that information out, you know, while our gurdwaras unfortunately are closed due to COVID, this is the next best way, isn't it, through the media to reach people. You've done a sterling job to not only be a central point of contact, but also to try and investigate as well the criticality of this issue. Is it useful for people to, to tell you uh, more about you know, those situations and the kind of, you know, the challenges that they've got? Because that will help to determine your strategy, won't it? Yeah, I mean, the thing is that we know we have certain data, but also there's certain data that's just not available to us. When we, when our children go into care, they're branded as Asian as well, not necessarily Sikh or, you know, um, what their ethnicity or their race or their, their religion is. So we are trying very hard to collect the data to find out exactly how many children in which, obviously, where there's highly Sikh-populated areas where our community tends to live, there'll be more cases and more, you know, more children going into care in those particular areas. So we've got a few friends, you know, the MPs here, we've got a Sikh MP, which, um, as you all know, he's been great helping us. And the Freedom of Information Act is what we're relying on to try and get some of these, you know, agencies to give us the information that we really want, the data. But what's important is... I think one is that we be there for our own children, but also that we be there for any child. You know, why not? If other communities and religions and faiths and people without faith are going there and giving a home and giving a loving environment to a child who really needs it, then why aren't we? You know, I know we give longer and we share in you know other ways. We're a very sharing, serving, selfless community. But I think it stops at a certain point in the Gurdwara and the invitation now to our people is, well, let's open our home and our heart. We've got the Siri Guru Granth Sahib or the belief of the Shabbat Guru. Let's take that out into, you know, into the world and save the children and serve them from the situations out there in this world. is really nasty, some of the stuff that they have to, you know, gangs. There's all sorts of crime that they have to, they get involved with things if they're not in the right Sangha. And being in a nice family home, which is offering love, you know, a toxic-free, a drug-free, a drinking-free environment, will nurture somebody and give them the opportunities they need. We, you know, we'll hopefully have that famous tennis player and the famous cricketer and mm. all those famous musicians. Why not? You know, if children want to do that, our community, just because you don't have the money, shouldn't stop you from getting there. And I firmly believe that all children should have that opportunity. And I think this is one pathway of getting those more community involved, you know, and supporting the children who don't have that support at home. You touched on the fact that other communities do it well, and I think we've spoken about it before as well. If you do look at the Jewish community, if you look at the Christian, have they ploughed money into that area? Do they take the issue more seriously? Have they been around longer? I mean, are these the reasons why they've got a step ahead compared to our community or, you know, the people that you're having to, to service? What advantages have they got that, and what lessons can we learn from them? I think, you know, I think all these communities, obviously they have been around a lot longer. We've just, you know, 
we've just embarked, uh, you know, we've come into these different countries, we've settled, we've integrated, we've gone through all the trauma of being bullied and attacked and racism, and now we finally, our our children are going to seek schools now, right? And that was not around, at least when I was at school or you were, we never had, we had to deal with all the the difficult stuff, right? No, our children are more empowered and we're more settled and we're more... We're at a very big advantage compared to our parents' generation. So I think there is an, an aspect of time, of money, commitment, and also, um, you know, just focus. I mean, our parents were focused on educating us and passive now, you know, survive, they had those objectives, but we've got all of those now, and we're at the next stage now. I don't feel that... You know, they have more than us or that they're more aware than us. I think it's just now we're in a more comfortable position to be able to offer that support and help to others. Whereas before it was all about survival, you know, and now we've gone past that now to a certain extent. And we can look around and say, right, what can we do? If we live in Britain and I'm a British Sikh, then what can I do to help my community in Britain around me, but also empower my own community and and that doesn't mean exclude other communities or other faiths at all it's just embracing everything together and putting it in a way that it's we really are then you know we really are there serving all it's not just inside our gurdwara but it's inside our heart and home and to be honest i found on this journey many many Sikh families who have been fostering for the last 20-30 years but they're few and far between but they they are there and we need more (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting what you said about the the benefit of everyone, really. Before you go, I wanted to really, can I mention it right at the beginning? And I really wanted to mention it because I think you're doing some good work in that area. So not only are you doing the Khalsa fostering, you're also doing Sahara Sisters. I'd love to get you to tell us about that. This other project you were talking about, was, which was the uh, outreach as well, uh, because yep. of the mental health issues, uh, especially with the, some of the, it tends to happen to some of the older people. Someone actually gave me a really good description the other day and they said that it's a bit like a library. And sometimes what happens is that in the library, you look at books and when you take a book away, uh, that's effectively like a memory that's lost. So some of the books are there, but not all of them are there, but you can recall things. And sometimes by singing, you can also bring back uh, memories which are inside. And I think that's something when you do uh, keep them together. So I'll, I'll pass it over to you. Sahara Sisters, tell us about that. And tell us about the other projects you're doing. So um, we, uh, I've also launched a company, a CIC, called Sahara Sisterhood. And Sahara, as you know, means support. And I realised through this journey of fostering that actually many women who are mothers really desperately or even not mothers, young women in their relationships at home, as teenagers even, are desperately in need of support. And a lot of the Gurdwaras tend to be very male-dominated with the, you know, the, the, the people that run it, management, but also, you know, our Granthis. There's very few and far between women that they can approach. So I wanted to extend that that space. And what we started to do was, in at least here in West London, there's so many lovely Gurdwaras. You know, one of them is South or Hen Park Avenue, Havelock Road, um, Shepherd's Bush, Notting Hill, they're all very supportive and say, use our space, let us come, bring the women together. And we run workshops on different themes, whether it was domestic violence, abuse, 
trauma and we get together and we just do a really powerful session to help heal some of those wounds and even talk about some of the issues that need to come out and now, and, now, and it's it's difficult isn't it when you're on your own and it's a lonely journey uh, but when you share it with other women there's this kind of peanut hour that used to be there in the bind and Punjab and people would share while talking working and taking care of their families and we're very isolated now as communities you know the door shuts and you don't even know who your neighbor is but now we want to just smash all those barriers open the doors and give women the opportunity to work together so i don't just work with sikh women we have one of um one of my co-founders is a christian and we have you know a hindu girl as well we're working together as women of faith coming together offering this sahara sisterhood to everyone to be that support and through that we realize the elder generation the women who are uh, a lot older um, and have dementia in particular they are really suffering and often they just get misunderstood or even verbally abused because they're they don't fit in and they they want to go to the gurdwara but people don't understand them so we also started doing dementia awareness workshops and um events for you know as you exactly as you said bringing kirtan even old things that they listen to in their memories jog giving them some movement therapy with their hands and talking and then also supporting their carers because can you imagine suddenly it's your mom or it's your dad and they don't remember you they don't even know who you are how does that feel for that carer that you know the person looking after them so they need support so we've done carers events where carers come for respite we have some jan samosa and we talk a little bit and we give them strategies and techniques of how to deal with parents or elderly aunts or uncles or whoever they may be in the family or you as guardians um our option is not you know put them in a care home we can't do for them we want to try and encourage our community to say let's do our best to provide the support that we can for our buzurg for the elderly because if we don't look after them who will and if we just leave them to oh well i can't deal with this you know it's not my issue that's not really the same way and i'm not saying in difficult circumstances i know you know this has to some people have to go into care but if there's a way that we can support them and they can stay at home but be supported and find that love and affection within the home and also be be empowered you know and and even get better even some people have started getting better because they started listening to keep that now not necessarily their children would know that they listened 40 years ago to this ragi on the banks of amritsar where they grew up but when they hear that and then that whole thing just lights up inside mm, them and you see thing. i mean i've seen beautiful things yeah i've seen mm. most incredible things and and it's so beautiful because i've witnessed it and i know it works so this journey of sahara sisterhood is really to become a sahara to those who don't have a sahara necessarily and encourage people within the home uh, or extended family you know even as a seva like we we will do our best wherever and however we can okay. to be a support to these people sahara sisterhood is now online and you can book people can book workshops and we're doing it on zoom you know thanks to covid for now <laughs> but we want to be in your space soon that'd be fantastic so i'm going to say thank you so much for coming on the show thanks for all the uh, information about casa 
fostering. It's incredible what you're doing. Hopefully I can help out in the background. Uh, and everybody else who can, wants to volunteer, uh, there will be a website up, I think, www.castoffostering.org is good. And uh, also the other project you're doing are brilliant as well. So um, really appreciate your time. And I think the central message here is that there is care amongst the community. Uh, you're leading the way. That's Sahara in terms of, you know, being that guide. But you too could be Sahara as well uh, in terms of all the things that you do uh, with uh, people around you. And if you need support, isn't it great that Gurdwaras are helping out uh, and getting involved as well? So we'll see you next time. Best of luck with the event and best of luck with the initiatives. Thank you. All the best. Well, I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I'm grateful to my guests this week for their time, expertise and inspirational thought leadership. My thanks to our production partner, Cast Lab and Music Rights from Sound.com. Thank you for tuning in. It's really appreciated. I would be most grateful if you could share this podcast, tag on social media channels, and I look forward to your feedback and further visits at our show notes page at www.savvy.com. That's it for today. I hope you have an amazing week. Make sure you follow or subscribe at our respective podcast streaming sites and look forward to you tuning in to our next show. Remember, change comes from within. An example is leadership. Cheerio. Bye.